ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. What is happening on a Friday? Hope your week is going well. We've had a fantastic week here at ESPN 690. Started on Monday, of course. All the different guests we've had from Maurice Jones, Drew to Rasheen Mathis to Blake Bortles to Clay Harbor to... Yesterday, Tony Khan and Vince Papali, and today, Travis Howe from the Jacksonville Iceman. Who am I missing? Jordan DeLugo in there as well. And now our Hall of Fame coach, Kevin Sullivan, joins the fray, I think, from the mountaintops as well. Uh, maybe up there in North Carolina or Georgia or somewhere. Well, hopefully the connection is uh, good. Uh, one programming note. Uh, we will uh, replay our Tony Khan interview at the bottom of the hour leading into AEW Rampage tonight. Uh, one other note, Casey Kurtz, Fulham got a big win last night, uh, three to nothing. So that was a nice win and get some separation in the standings back up toward the top ten of that Premier League. That is true. They did do that and uh, against a decent team as well. So, yeah, it's a good win for Fulham. And I'm telling you, I think they can stay up. I know Tony Khan said it as well, but uh, the boys looking pretty good right now. Yeah, very good. So uh, there is that. It's been a good week. You can always check it out in the podcast. Always go back and listen um, on the YouTube channel as well, Action Sports Shacks. And that's got all our TV and radio uh, coverage, including uh, we posted yesterday uh, Evan Ingram on Jags Report Live, so ahead of the Giants game. If you want to get caught up in, on content and you're, you're looking for some stuff, some new stuff this weekend, uh, check it out on the YouTube channel or on the podcast with Action Sports Shacks and ESPN 690. Kevin Sullivan, where the heck are you, man? Man, up in the mountains. <laughs> Got up the other morning, it was like 27 degrees. It was dang cold. <laughs> hey, we're, we're living the mountain life here this week, man. It's I been know, chilly in the morning. It's been man. awesome. Yeah, that's, what, that's why we live where we live, right? For this kind of weather all the time. No rain, uh, cool down, a little football feeling weather. It's going to be beautiful tonight. It's going to be beautiful down there in Jacksonville. It's going to be a lot of good football. You got the best one where you're at right now. Yeah, no doubt. I'm at Bartram Trail High School, St. John's County. Uh, Buholz coming into town. I mean, one of the best games in the state. I feel like we've said that a few times this year, Coach, in places that we've been and talked about. But uh, this is it. This is a heck of a game. It's our game of the week on CBS 47, Fox 30 for the Friday Night Blitz. It's our game of the week on the Blitz scoreboard show as well. And uh, I, now Buholz is dangerous. Uh, you know all about him. The Creed Whittemore kid is a really good player. He just flipped from Florida to Mississippi State. He'll play wide receiver at the, in the next level. He's a... He's a um, brash player, if you will, right? I mean, he's got some yeah. – he, he can he, – it's like a backyard football game for him is what it reminded me of last time I saw him. So can Bartram Trail contain him? Because once he gets loose, he's tough to contain. Yeah, he's really – I'll tell you one thing, he's really athletic. And the thing about him, you know, uh, from what I've heard this week about him decommitting from Florida, going to Mississippi State, Mississippi State's going to let him play quarterback. 
you know, and going to play for Leach in that at Florida, they were up front and said, hey, you're going to play wide out here. His brother's there playing wide out, not getting a lot of time. So that might have factored in. But the young man wants to play quarterback. But the film we've watched and, and the teams that we've seen him already, of course, with Creekside, he can play, he can go, he can go 80, he can throw at 80, he can run at 80. And, uh, you know, they're really good and, and uh, they're coached very well. That's really interesting. I looked at him when I saw him at Creekside as a receiver playing quarterback. Right. You know, yep. and I mean, I wasn't uh, no disrespect. I, I guess I guess I saw him run around more than I saw him throw it. I just he made some nice throws, but I wasn't like, oh, wow, throw the football. So right. I just kind of thought he would be going as a receiver. He's just one of those kids that's a special athlete. And so he's playing, uh, you know, quarterback at the high school position because they don't have another guy. We've seen that with Trinity in the past, too. Right. Where they've put like yeah. guys at the quarterback spot, but they're really not playing at the next level. So it's interesting to me that he wants to play that spot at the next level and we'll see if he can and then i guess the fallback option would be to just bump out the wide receiver he is a really good athlete and uh, good. it'll be tough to contain and again I, I think the problem creekside had was they they couldn't contain him and they couldn't almost catch him half the time I mean, some of the highlight runs we had from him were ridiculous and we might have had more if not for penalties i think that's the big knock on buholes from what i understand uh they in key spots their one fault, or maybe they have more than one, has been uh, maybe too many penalties, Coach. So we'll see, because usually yeah. Bartram Trail is very disciplined. Yeah, and, and you know, they've, they've got a couple other kids, too. You know, they got Jacree Kelly, who's committed to Delaware. He's sort mm -hmm. of the jack-of-all-trade, plays in the slot, plays running back, real elusive, can really go. And then, of course, they got the big defensive tackle that's committed to the Gators, Gavin Hill, big 6'4", yeah. 260 kid. And then they've got another one that's a junior that just got offered by the Gators, a young man named Kendall Jackson that's like 6'3", 240. So they've got some other kids besides Whitmire. And the thing about Whitmire is he's a his dad's the head coach of the team. So he's a coach's kid. So the coach's kids usually have a pretty good knack, pretty good flair of what's going on. And, uh, you know, tonight will be fun. But what is uh, Bartram going to do tonight? Are they going to win? beat you with defense or are they going to beat you with offense tonight? Yeah, and that's the thing we've said about Bartram. And fortunately for them, they can do both. So yes. you can play whatever style you want to play. Bartram can play it. Uh, Riley yes. Trujillo, the quarterback. Uh, Lathan Biddle has really come on for the running back spot. Had another monster game last week. Uh, but I think it's the trenches, Coach, too. I think they're really strong in the trenches. And Biddle, a, a young man from Kansas who came over uh, to Bartram, he's been in the program the last couple of years, he, um, he can really turn on. He can be physical. He's tough. Uh, but he can also break away from you. And we saw that this week against Creekside. We've seen it at other points this year. Yes. So it's an offense that's put up. 59 points on two occasions this year. Now, let's be honest, Creekside's defense has really struggled. So 59 points against Creekside's defense may be a little bit different than 59 against Buholz's defense, although right. Buholz has given up some points too. To Creekside went to watch them a few weeks ago, and then they gave up 31 last week to Oakley. Yeah, they've given up some points, and it, it's it's sort of like are they are they built to score a lot of points offensively and just sort of play bend don't break on defense? And, uh, you know, with the two big D linemen, you would think, well, maybe, they, you know, they're not getting some support at linebacker, maybe even in the secondary and everything. But, um, you know, if it's going to be a slugfest, it's going to be a wild one, man. I'd take the over tonight. I'm telling you, I'm taking the over. <laughs> I, 
I kind of feel that way, too. I feel like that's what's coming out here. It might be a long game at Bartram Trail, but we'll show you live action on the Blitz Scoreboard Show on ESPN 690 tonight, 9 p.m. until 1030. We'll have live cameras here, and we'll show you on social media. Of course, you're going to listen on ESPN 690 to Sully and I and other scores and, and uh, some analysis from around the area. We'll have coaches check in. But on the social media feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, if you haven't caught the show, we will showcase some of the games going on in the area that are still going on between the 9 o'clock and 1030 hour. And I got a feeling this one that starts at 7 will still be going on, going uh, on deep yeah. into I'm, the night. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, one other thing about these, this team, Bartram Trail, and Daryl Sutherland has done such a terrific job here at Bartram Trail. Uh, every year they're in it. Uh, and they've yeah. got a ton of players. They've got a lot of good players. But I'm impressed with, on defense, Sharif Denson is the guy, right? Like, yes. he's a Florida Gator commit. Usually it's, I'm not sure how many times you can control things from the corner position. <laughs> and I'm not sure he controls, like, the defense the whole night in, night out. But he always seems to make an impact, Coach. Right. And that's not an easy thing to do from that corner spot. Sometimes they just won't throw at you. Some teams just don't throw. But it feels like Sharif is making a difference week in, week out. Well, I think it's his leadership ability, too, because, you know, the good the good players and the great players make everybody around him better, and I think he makes everybody around him because he's so focused and so in tune and, and, and such a heck of an athlete, a really good player. And uh, I think he makes everybody around him better, and I, I think he's in a leadership role. When he speaks, you know, maybe not so much last year because they had a little couple different other guys, but when he speaks – I think the defensive guys listen. I think they take it personal that the offense has got to outscore people, and I think they've played some really good teams where they've really clamped it down defensively. Well, it's interesting little uh, feeder from here to Florida in the secondary. Remember Trevez Johnson? He's yep. on that Florida Gator team. He's actually started mm-hmm. and played a lot as a freshman, and now uh, yep. I think he's a couple years in. I think he's a sophomore there at Florida. He'll be in town next week uh, with the Florida Gators against the Georgia Bulldogs, but and, a little and, bit of a, the other a pipeline. Thing. Yeah, and the other thing, Brent, too, don't forget, they probably got the edge in the kicking game. You know, Liam Pardo oh, yeah. is one of the best in the state, if not in the southeast, you know, and and uh, they, they'll have an edge with him. You know, he's always been our favorite going back to last year, but uh, he's yeah. having a heck of a year, too. Yeah, and he's just a junior, by the way, yep. Liam Padron, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he, you're right, Coach, that's a weapon, like, it's, yes. it's, it's never a factor until it's a factor, and it's usually on the negative side in high school, right, because it's a hard right. thing to do. Uh, it's a hard thing to find. Uh, you're not going to, like, recruit a kicker. <laughs> There's not many of them in the areas. Uh, you just kind of, if you have one, you have one. Uh, but this kid's a good play, like a really yeah. good kicker, and we've seen it before. Uh, I remember doing the Blitz scoreboard show last year. Bartram Creekside, he won the game. Won and the I game, think that yeah. was his second win in, like, two weeks, too. Yes. So, like, a walk-off win. So, yeah, that's a very good point. Keep an eye on Padron. If this thing comes down to the wire, uh, there's a lot of faith in the kicker for Bartram Trail. All right, speaking of, I mentioned Creekside a couple of times because they just played Bartram last week, and what they've done is now put a little pressure on this game uh, against Fleming Island. Both these teams need a win to stay, well, Fleming to stay in the mix. Creekside wins, they probably locked themselves into a spot coach in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so, and it's really big because, you know, Fleming, Fleming beat Mander last year, really helped them last week, you know, even though they're not in the district, I mean, but again, with the way the points and the strength of schedule and those kind of things, and, and you know, next week it'll be Sand, Sandalwood and Mandarin playing for the district championship next week, so um, that was a big win for Fleming, so tonight is a big win for both, it's a must, it's a playoff game for both those teams tonight, I think. 
Yeah, it certainly feels that way. And the question is, can Creekside stop anybody? They couldn't stop Bartram Trail on any possession last week. And now they go face a guy in Sam Singleton, an FSU commit, who ran for over two bills last week. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they got their hands full. Yeah, they've got their hands full in a little different animal uh, because they'll run downhill at you. Now, uh, the quarterback, Burroughs, Sebastian Burroughs, I, I, I uh, think yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bounton, that's right. He can throw it, too, and he can run a little bit, some zone read stuff. So if they sink in there on Singleton, you still can throw the ball and they can still. They do are very athletic and very explosive, Fleming Island, on offense. Yeah, we're week nine of this thing now. We always, I always ask you, like, sense of urgency. You know, now you kind of know what's in front of you, Coach. Like, you, you don't – there's not a lot of guessing that goes on this time of year. You know whether you have to win or you've got a little breathing room. Bartram has breathing room. They don't have to win this yeah. game. They're going to the postseason. Uh, Creekside, right. they might have a shade of breathing room, but not much. Fleming Island, they've got none. Like none. they yeah. have to win. Yeah, I think, I, and I think you're right. It, to me, you're going in as the coach. This is a playoff game. It, you're thinking it's win or go home. You know, even though you got two more regular season games to play. But as far as postseason ramifications, tonight's the night. All right, how about this game? I think you'll probably. Uh, like a little bit because it's been I think off in the ser- series for a while maybe when you were coaching over at Andrew Jackson but they got Baker County I kind of like that matchup tonight yeah that'll be a really good test both teams uh sort of on the you know Jackson's been rolling since week one they're not they've been a little stagnant offensively a little bit but that defense can score on them they can hold you to two points or no points uh they're giving up less than 10 points a game and uh, Baker comes in with the do-all Cam Smith running back, uh, wide receiver, defensive back. And uh, that's going to be a really big game. It's been a while. I want to say 2010, maybe, 2009, last time these two teams played. We were in the district for a bunch of years together. But uh, does this game in turn – I know next week's like the bigger game from a district standpoint everything else from Jackson. But does winning – just keep winning, checking the boxes – yeah. Uh, they got to get their offense going, like you said. I mean, they've got to – they do have some things to fix. It's not like perfect. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And the thing about it is they had the big rivalry win last week, not, you know, 6-2 to two against Riverside, which they hadn't beaten since uh, 2010. And now they turn around next week the biggest game in the last probably 10 years, 12 years at Jackson, going to range for the district championship. This could be the trap game stuck in the middle. So you're going to get a really good feel of what that kind of team is. They come out, take care of business, then they're rolling. They come out, struggle a little bit, then you're going to get in the back of their mind, are we not as good as we think we are, so on and so forth. But I think that's going to be a fun game. Both teams, I think Baker's got to get a win. I think Baker needs as many wins as they can get going down the stretch also. Well, we've got a fun, you know, the fun team been to talk about a little bit uh, and learn more about this year has been Palaka. They stay mm-hmm. undefeated. I think they've got a, well, they've got a, fantastic few weeks stretch here <laughs> if you're a yes. high school football fan I mean you got Fernandina Beach and I think that's a sneaky one for them first just think about it that's like driving two hours to the game from Palatka right. you know right. so it's a long it's a hike at Fernandina Beach and I there's I think there's like a little bulletin board material I saw this week on social media and I don't think it was intentional but uh coach from Palatka basically said um, listen, we're not worried about Fernandina Beach. we got to worry about ourselves. You know, that's what he's trying to say. Uh, right. I think Fernandina Beach kind of took the, we're not worried about Fernandina Beach. So we'll see if they're fired up to play that. But Palatka has to be careful here because they've got huge games the next two weeks. Baldwin right. comes into town next week. 
and then you've got St. Augustine and Palatka, like that, the oldest rivalry around, right? So, right. I mean, it's uh, really an interesting matchup for Palatka tonight in Fernandina Beach for me. Yeah, it's sort of one of those games. I mean, they've played some pretty decent people, and they've won close. They've won blowing people out. And then they got to make the track a little cooler tonight. they got to make the track to Fernandina. Fernandina's starting to play pretty good. They've won a couple in a row. Um, so, again, I think it's a it's a, an interesting game because they could lose tonight and lo- technically lose the last three games of the year after starting 7-0. and but uh, I think Coach will have him ready. Coach Turner from Black will have him ready, and I think that's going to be a really good game. I got Ed White and Rebolt as well, and a big one up in Georgia, Valdosta against Camden County. Camden County trying to upset Valdosta, who is undefeated. So we'll keep an eye on all the scores coming up tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, week 9, we got uh, mid to late October. We've got uh, beautiful weather. You're up in the mountains. Get that fire going, Coach. Be ready to roll at 9 o'clock on the Blitz Scoreboard Show, man. Have a good rest of your night. Until then. All right. We'll see you then. All right. All right. That is uh, Coach Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Fame coach. Joins us each and every Friday. Football at 5 to run down the high school scene. But we'll get 90 minutes of that on ESPN 690 tonight the Blitz Scoreboard Show. And, again, this is our game of the week. Buholz, Bartram Trail, undefeated teams, one of the best games in the state. Uh, these two teams trying to win a district championship in maybe the best district in the state, and uh, there's a lot happening with this game. Uh, we are live with Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. We'll be here with our cameras as well from a TV standpoint. We'll have a reaction. So all of that coming up tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show, 9 o'clock, and then the Friday Night Blitz, 1030 on Fox 30, 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Our Fridays here on the show presented by Nimnick Buick GMC and Baker Sports. Before we uh, well kind of say goodbye, although we are going to play our Tony Khan interview. We thought uh, you might, if you missed that, you get a chance to hear about the Jags. If you like Fulham, we even threw a question or two in about Fulham. And uh, if you're a wrestling fan on the way to AEW Rampage tonight at Daly's Place, we talk a lot about uh, the wrestling coming up tonight, too, uh, with Tony Khan. And uh, it's a big weekend in town uh, for Tony. So that's coming up on the other side. Casey, some other big news out of UNF. Uh, in the last uh, couple of days. I didn't know the floor there was, like, done, done. It's ready to go. Yeah. And uh, that, you know what that means? That means basketball season is very close. Uh, they'll actually debut the floor, I believe, on November 6th with uh, volleyball. And then uh, there's a women's basketball game. If I think I saw the schedule correctly, like a day later. And then you've got some men's basketball coming up a couple weeks after that. They're still not completely done with UNF Arena in the new suite uh, that they're putting in as well, but the floor is down. I actually, when that video was tweeted out this week, I thought it was like a graphic animation, and it turns out that was the real deal, man, at your alma mater. It, it was. It is the real deal, and uh, we're going to get it here on the stream in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to see that they're, uh, they've got to this point in time because I know for a while there I thought it was going to be a question of if it would be done in time. So, yeah, it's exciting for them. It looks good, and to your point, Brent, basketball season is – on the horizon, I mean, they play Gonzaga November 7th. Uh, the women's basketball home opener against Warner's November 7th, so that'll be the first time the uh, the court is used in a game. So, yeah, I mean, basketball season is upon us. It's on the stream right now, by the way. If uh, you have the opportunity to see that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, CSI companies all over the floor. It just it looks fresh, Brent. I'm looking at it right now. It looks fresh. It is really neat, like, to watch the evolution of that, and you got to keep up with facilities. And, again, you're an alum, so uh, I... I I didn't think the court was bad or anything like that, but I believe it was um, 
oh gosh, I forget the year now, how old they said it was. It was old, mm. it, but it was really old. And so it was time for a new one. Plus, they got the backing of CSI companies, and they're doing other things around the arena. I mean, they're getting a little bit of a facelift on top of a lot of other projects going on on campus. So uh, there's something always going on uh, on most college campuses, but it's a big deal at UNF. Could be a big deal from a, a recruitment standpoint as well in a lot of sports, not just basketball. But basketball is certainly the program uh, that can get to the NCAA tournament, give the school the most notoriety, and you can build it. You can have success. They already have. Matthew Driscoll's done a fantastic job there. So uh, I, think it, I think it's a pretty big deal the floor that they have uh, now at UNF. And I wonder where it leads to, Casey, down the road. We don't know that answer. I just wonder where it leads. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think they're, they've at least positioned themselves to to be in a spot where they can lead somewhere, right? Who knows what that is? But, I mean, this is a nice-looking floor. And to your point, I mean, the old floor, it wasn't wasn't bad by any stretch. I mean, but this is just uh, – it's it looks really, really nice. I'm excited to get out there. Uh, and see some games and see some action, uh, basketball, and right around the corner, Brent. But we can't forget that uh, the season for soccer and other sports at UNF is not is not over. Soccer is actually on fire right now. The UNF women's soccer team have not allowed a goal in four matches, Brent. You know how difficult that is? Four straight clean sheets? It's That's a tough thing to do. And uh, they're on the cusp of qualifying for the A-Sun postseason championship with one regular season match left. So good luck to them. And hopefully they can do it. And uh, our old buddy... Nick Gabrelichek, friend of the program, Brent. Yeah, yeah. Named A-Sun Men's Golfer of the Week for October 20th. That is no surprise. Uh, he actually hit a live shot on ESPN 690 before. He did. He hit a live shot. We actually, it was true. It's on video and everything. You can see it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Nick is that guy, and uh, he's, he's back at it again early in the season. That shouldn't really surprise anybody. All right, check out unfospreys.com for the latest uh, and that is your swoop minute here on ESPN 690 with that new floor looking good and down and some uh, more uh, probably video and pictures of what UNF Arena looks like coming in the upcoming week. Special shout-out, happy birthday shout-out this week to uh, UNF AD Nick Morrow. There we go. Uh, by the way, so we get that in there on the swoop minute as well. All right, uh, that's going to do it from a live uh, look at Bartram Trail High School. They play Buholes tonight. Friday's presented by Nimick Buick GMC and Baker Sports. And uh, we got a big game tonight. We'll have it covered for you. We'll see you on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And, of course, once again with the Blitz Scoreboard Show. I'm also heading to Clay and also Fleming Island, so I've got a double dip there as well. So a big night on a beautiful night for high school football. Coming up next, our conversation with Tony Khan. Talk some Jags. Interesting comments about Trent Balky in there. Also, AEW Rampage in Jacksonville tonight. And a little on Fulham, who won a match yesterday, 3 to nothing For Casey Kurtz and Aaron Schachter, what a lovely voice he had today. I'm Brent Martineau. Thanks for listening all week to Brent and Friends. Tony Khan, up next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Brent and Friends here on ESPN 690. That means Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, and joined by a man with so many titles. Now that Tony Khan joins us here on ESPN 690 and uh, making rounds this week ahead of a big AEW event back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. He is the AEW CEO slash GM. He is the Fulham Vice Chairman of Director of Football Operations, General Manager 
and sporting director as well. And he is Senior Vice President of Football and Technology at Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm actually Tony, the huh? Chief Football Strategy Officer. Uh, is that what this the title is, is now? This is a big, big business card now. <laughs> I've been the Chief <laughs> Football Strategy like Officer for, uh, for a few years now. So, uh, yeah. How do you keep track of all the titles? It's a lot. And I'm also the owner of True Media and the chairman of True Media Networks, which is one of the largest providers of sports analytics in the world. It's a great time to talk about what we do there because we service most of the Major League Baseball teams of over about 25 now, over 20 of the wow. Major League Baseball teams, uh, and do a lot of work for ESPN, football, baseball, and soccer. So here at ESPN, one of our great partnerships, doing all of the analytics you see on TV. If you, you're watching, for example, baseball, they'll show the three by three, the hot and cold zone. Yeah, yeah. And I know you're yeah. a big baseball guy, Brent. So the, the heat maps, the red and blue, that's all generated out of the true media system. And here at ESPN, there are literally probably over 600 users of true media. So a great sports analytics company and do a lot of work here locally with the Jaguars and with the NFL and also in European football in England. And uh, so that's another to add to the title uh, and business card list in addition to the Jaguars and <laughs> AEW and Fulham. Which is awesome, by the way. You know, analytics kind of got you into all this. Obviously, then uh, you and your dad buy the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it started with a lot of analytic influence, and then boom, now you you got the wrestling and you're, you're making moves in Fulham. I mean, how crazy is it that this has evolved for you personally into what you're doing. It's really been a, an amazing journey that started here in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. And right before we started recording today, you and I were just saying, uh, I've known you almost a dozen years now, and it's pretty crazy that I came in. This is now my 11th season working in the NFL. And my family came to Jacksonville, and I was somebody who loves sports stats my entire life. And we've been really fortunate. I've been able to come in and bring some analytics and it took a long time to build it but we have gotten to the point where we've been able to identify players some really valuable players that went undrafted over the years at the Jaguars players that used to be with us like Corey Grant Jared Wilson Mike Hilton's one who's a really good player in the NFL who got out of here I would I wish we would have kept but then uh there's so many uh great players I think that really when you look through the draft process there are always some hidden gems, and there are still some players on the team right now. James Robinson, Trey Herndon are players that, you know, I've called and signed up as free agents, so that was pretty cool. And uh, it was really great, and I love doing that at the Saturday of the NFL draft every year, but also week to week. It's really cool working with Doug and the staff here. We have really good analytics people, and I used to be in the office uh, all week doing it with a small group and now we have a much bigger group and Doug with his experience was already doing a lot of this with the Eagles so Doug is one of the most analytics driven coaches in the NFL so it's been a really close connection Trent also at the 49ers was one of the most analytics driven personality uh, minds in the NFL really Trent had worked with NFL top analytics people when I was arrived uh, when I first came in to Jacksonville in, in 2011, ahead of my dad officially closing the transaction in 2012, Trent had already been working for years with Parag on analytics in San Francisco and learning advanced statistics and how to apply them to his decision-making. And, again, Doug in Philadelphia had great success applying analytics into his coaching, and they're both just great at what they do, and I think it's 
been a really good connection, and I just really enjoy working with the three of us under my dad, and, and I think it's become uh, tangible in the results, but also especially in the improvement that you can see in the team year over year where we are at this point in the season this year versus last year and the year before that, really in the last several years. I think the talent level is far ahead. And also, even though it hasn't all translated to wins, there's been games where we've been really competitive, where we've had chances to win, and I think it's going to come. And, you know, sitting with Trent watching every single game and then catching up with Doug after the games, you know, we see the progress. And Trent and I have been sitting here watching the games for years and watching them together. And I think we have seen the team grow and get so much better. And I think uh, it's really cool. And my dad has worked so hard to build a consistent winner here in Jacksonville. I think he deserves this, so it's pretty, it's awesome. Tony Khan with us. Uh, I want to talk more football, but let's get you get talking some AEW and Rampage and and meet and greet coming up. Actually, like in a short time. Uh, do you enjoy that part of it, uh, the meet and greet, and, and what goes into this big production back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place? Well, it's just so great to be back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. We have this meet and greet today ahead of a big show we're doing tomorrow night at Daly's Place. We have Friday Night Rampage live on TNT. We're going to tape matches for a couple hours from 8 to 10 for our AEW Dark YouTube show that airs uh, every Tuesday. Hundreds of thousands of people watch that every week. It's got a big worldwide audience. And we also have TV on in 130 countries around the world. We have this show that's going to be live on TNT. It's one of the top shows on cable, and it's watched all over the world. It's a top show on ITV in England, which is the top free-to-air commercial channel in the country. And uh, we have, you know, again, over 130 countries worldwide where our TV shows are on. We also have a show on Wednesdays on TBS that is consistently the top show on cable. It's been number one show on cable most weeks this year. Uh, and uh, on Wednesdays, it's pretty amazing the history we have. Uh, it's been the, m more than any other show on Wednesdays. It's had that number one spot this year. And... It's been on for just over three years. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary, and almost half the shows we've done, we just did our 160th episode, and almost half of them have been here in Jacksonville. Through the lockdown, we did our shows here. It's been the home to AEW since we started. We actually launched the promotion here in Jacksonville. Brent, you were there, and it was at the beginning of 2019. And now our TV shows have been on for just over three years. The three-year anniversary was just a couple weeks ago in Washington, D.C. And Jacksonville's really a home to AEW. And after the lockdown, we were here for over a year. We've, now we've been on the road for over a year. In that time, we've seen the whole country. We've done AEW Dynamite and Friday Night Rampage, like the show tomorrow night here in Jacksonville that's on live on TNT tomorrow night at 10. We've got... Uh, this great record of, of doing shows, Friday Night Rampage and Wednesday Night Dynamite, all over the country. We've been to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. We've been to the Forum in L.A., the United Center in Chicago, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, all the top venues all across the country. And we're going to continue to expand, going to Seattle, San Francisco next year. But it's really important to come back here to Jacksonville, which is the home that allowed AEW to launch and where we found a home and we're did shows through the pandemic, which was really cool because if you remember at the start of the 2020 football season, we had fans in the stadium and it was pretty cool and it was a trailblazing thing to do. It was aggressive, people thought at the time, but it really, we what we did was totally safe. 
We went through an entire football season with zero known COVID transmissions and did over a year of wrestling shows every Wednesday out in Daly's Place with fans out in the stands, socially distanced. We spaced the people out, but we had fans in the stands. It was the only place in North America where you could see wrestling TV with fans, and there were zero known COVID transmissions for AEW and the Jaguars here in Jacksonville. And when the NFL started in 2020, if you remember, there were only two teams with fans in the stands, the Chiefs and the Jags. Mm. So the Jaguars really uh, were able to keep the fans in the, in the games. I wish we'd been able to have a more competitive team that year, but I think right now it's for everybody who's been a loyal Jaguars fan, I, I really feel like this is the year where it's, it's coming together and paying off because you're seeing the team take strides across the board, I think, Trevor's stat line is a microcosm of the team. If you look, he's improved every statistical category. Year over year, it's exactly what you want to see from a young franchise quarterback. That kind of marked improvement, whether it's completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown, touchdown interception ratio. He's really turned it on, and I think it, it adds up when you look at what Doug Peterson, you know, Press Taylor, Mike McCoy and the great staff Doug's put together have, have done. And then defensively on that side of the ball, Mike Caldwell has come in. He's got this great group of young players and this great staff he's brought in. And I think Trent has accumulated a lot of assets. And now Mike has been able to put together a really good defense. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, we just got to build consistency because we've seen good performances on both sides of the ball. And that's a huge step from where we were last year and the year before. And it's got us competitive in games, and it's been the most fun, I think, season of football we've had. So it's really neat for me. I've been looking forward to this weekend all year to have to have AEW Friday Night Rampage live on TNT tomorrow night at Daly's Place. And then also to have the Jaguars versus the New York Football Giants on Sunday. It's just the most special weekend of the year for me personally. I got to ask because you say when you launched AEW out in 2019, you want to talk about a harrowing time to start a new business yep. at the end of 2019. So obviously you don't just launch a business going, well, what do we do next? You had plans that you, you had in place or things you wanted to do. The pandemic comes along. I got to imagine it disrupts those plans in a significant way that you guys have to reconvene and go, what's the audible here? Do you think it ultimately ended up helping you being one of the few things that was out there and new and happening, the action was going on, or do you think it hurt based on what you had originally planned for AEW? Well, it was a mix. I mean, it was very challenging, and it could have set the company behind, but we actually, after spending over a year out here in Daly's Place, we came out of it stronger, and it was thanks to the support of the fans and, at the beginning, the local government allowing us to do the shows in the outdoor environment of Daly's Place and keep the company going, which is a local business, and it was pretty awesome, and we did it safely. We got through the pandemic, and, you know, I totally agree with you, Aaron. I think it really helped us to be one of the only shows producing new content through the, the lockdown. We brought big celebrities into Jacksonville to do shows that were seen worldwide and gave Daly's Place in Jacksonville a lot of international cachet, having Mike Tyson in here on pay-per-view, and to have Shaquille O'Neal and Snoop Dogg wrestling on TV. These were really big deals. And they were all here in Jacksonville. It was big moments. You know, I went out, Josh Allen and I were talking with Sha Shaquille O'Neal. Like, that was pretty cool. And Josh Allen, it was cool for him to be able to come out back and see that. And um, really awesome to have, you know, the support of the community through all this. And that's, I think, what allowed us to come out of it stronger. And then now that we've been on tour and gone back on the road, I agree with you. I think being one of the only shows producing new content at the time, it was really 
only AEW, WWE, and UFC were the three sports leagues that were producing new content and doing having fights week to week, and there was really not much else new on TV. Of course, The Last Dance was huge on Nef on uh, ESPN. Now yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix, but it was on ESPN originally here on ESPN, and uh, it was very cool uh, to have AEW be one of the top shows through the pandemic and producing new content, and I, I definitely think that helped us, and it's actually having UFC here in town. That was the connection. Um, you know, it was all these things had in common was all three were out of Florida and AEW and UFC specifically were out of Jacksonville and that's where Dana White and I became really good friends and Dana White is a really close friend of mine now to this day out of Jacksonville and working together through that early 2020 lockdown to keep AEW and UFC running and of course UFC a great partner here of ESPN. I think that's what was most fascinating to me when AEW launched I mean you're listening to the people forecasting the success of this thing, and, the, and 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 everyone's hesitant because you have such a behemoth in WWE in that industry. And then AEW comes along with just haymakers laying it down, right? But then you see a brand like UFC look at what you're doing and follow suit. I mean, really influencing the way that they were going to do combat sports throughout the pandemic because they had their fight island, but they wanted fans back. Yep. And they saw AEW doing it. And yeah. so is that like a little pin of pride for you that you really affected that whole landscape so shortly after you launched AEW? It was amazing being in the bubble. It was, it, you know, there were very few games in town, and AEW was undeniably one of the main sports leagues on TV coming out of 2020 through the lockdown pandemic. And a huge reason was the shows we did here in Jacksonville. So cool. And it was really cool. That's the kind of person Dana White is that – Dana said he would keep supporting Jacksonville and the fans here, even though the fans were, were not allowed to attend the shows early on. He said, I'll keep coming back and we'll do shows in front of the fans. And now UFC's done some great events here, and Dana's brought some of the biggest stars in the world here. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to have these two big sports leagues, AEW and UFC, supporting the local community here in Jacksonville, bringing people together. And my dad and Dana and I remember having dinner in the early pandemic outdoors on the boat, spaced out. You know, uh, you know, air fist bumping and all this. It was it was cool, and uh, and he's really a classy person. So I thought that was really cool what he brought here. And I remember when they were closed doors and we were both in the bubbles. Uh, we shared the Hyatt as a space actually at one point, and uh, it's a pretty amazing community we have here. And uh, Dana, being such a uh, a cool guy, you know, it, it's amazing. He gave us this access, so we went backstage in the pandemic. So John Moxley and Jr. and I were actually at the fights, and we were like the only fans at the show. <laughs> Myself with Jr., our legendary Jim Ross, the wrestling announcer, and John Moxley, the world champion of AEW. He's a world champion now. He was a world champion then, and it was pretty cool because you know those UFC fighters they watch wrestling. So when they saw like Mox and Jr. walking around, they like got excited. That's awesome. <laughs> they every every fighter knew who that those two were. So that was pretty awesome. Hey, uh, what, what do you got coming up in terms of the matches? Can you can you share anything yeah. uh, with the Rampage? And, and I'm sure Absolutely. so many people already know. But you're the one pushing the buttons, calling the shots, man. Uh, what, what do you got going on what Friday a, night? Boy, it's pretty amazing to be back in Daly's Place because one of the most popular acts in all of AEW right now is the World Tag Team Champions. One of the greatest tag teams in the world uh, over the last several years. Now they've risen to the top, and they are number one, the acclaimed they actually started in Jacksonville. It was about two years ago, probably almost exactly two years ago, that I spoke to these two young wrestlers, and I called them into my office, and I said, I think you're both tremendous, 
And I know you've never teamed before, but I'd like you to be a team called the Acclaimed. And they knew each other. They just had never worked as a team. One of them is Max Caster, and I'd seen Max do rapping on Twitter, but he'd never done it in the ring or, or as part of his entrance, at least. And I thought it would be so great if his entrance was the rap. And Max is so talented. And his partner, Anthony, and Max, they came together, and uh, they worked so hard. Anthony's a great athlete. He's a former college baseball player, and he played baseball at Seton Hall and I believe also at Moorhead State. And really is so charismatic and just the way the two came together and came up with things at first in Daly's place in front of the small community here they really grew in popularity and then when we were able to bring the fans back our first full capacity pay-per-view event was double or nothing 2021 Memorial Day weekend here in Jacksonville it was the first wrestling show to come back out of lockdown full capacity and we sold out Daly's place we had one of the most rocking electric atmospheres you'll ever see. It's a classic show. And when the acclaim came out, they got such a big reaction. Max specifically uh, came out first in this battle royal, and the reaction it got when he did the entrance, it was like, okay, this is the first time there's been a full now group of fans. And granted, it's Jacksonville where these guys started, but I just have a feeling that uh, this is going to get huge. And man, is it ever. And they really clicked. They you know, the fans got behind them, and they've started winning matches. They're the all-time leaders in wins in AEW history. And then at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is really the home of both guys. They're both from around New York. Max is from New York. His father played for the New York Jets as an all-pro tight end, Rich Caster, Max yeah, yeah. Caster's father, and is a great player for them. And, and Max, being such a great wrestler, it's, it's great family athletic genes. And Anthony's from New Jersey. Of course, like I said, played baseball up at Seton Hall. And to have both those guys up around their home uh, win the world championship uh, it, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and their mentor is a legendary wrestler, Billy Gunn, who they call, I don't know if I can say this on the radio, I think well, I can. Well, we'll edit this. Daddy Ass. <laughs> oh, you're good. We'll Daddy see, Ass. Nothing. Billy Gunn, Daddy Ass. <laughs> that's nothing, man. And so they've got these fans in arenas sold out. Tens of thousands of fans will chant. And uh, it's just so popular, and this has gotten so popular. And another wrestler, specifically a wrestling lawyer, whose name is Smart Mark Sterling, <laughs> he trademarked the scissoring out from under these guys, and he's holding it over their heads. So at Daly's Place, 10 p.m. on TNT, you can see it live here in Jacksonville tomorrow night. It's Friday night, Rampage. It will be titles versus trademarks as... Sterling's varsity athletes take on the acclaimed with the, the trademark of the up against the World Tag Team Championships. And it's very fitting because the acclaimed started here in Jacksonville and now they've made it to the top of the profession and they're putting it all on the line to get back their rightful intellectual property, frankly. So I think it's going to be an amazing match and I'm going to announce a little bit more. We've announced some things for the card. Hook who's a wildly popular young wrestler, is putting his FTW title on the line against Ari Davari. There's a great women's match I'm really excited about. It's a rubber match between two of the really top young women's wrestlers, Willow Nightingale versus Penelope Ford. And also, uh, a little bit more I'm going to add to the card, and a little bit to, to spice it up, I think. Uh, but we'll have a little bit of uh, news that I'm excited for that will be great with a local favorite of the of the Jacksonville community, I think. 
So should be a lot of fun. And it's all on TNT. You can watch it on TV. But it's really fun to come out to the matches. Should be a beautiful night. Yeah, it should be. Tomorrow night to watch the wrestling matches out at Daly's Place in the amphitheater. So I'd love to have everyone come out. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, I think, to have uh, AEW on Friday night on TNT. And then also to have uh, the Jags here and have a home game coming at the right time, I think, for a team that's uh, working really hard and I think can earn a win this weekend. That was our conversation with Tony Khan from yesterday. Obviously, AEW is tonight at Daly's Place. If you're heading on down there, enjoy it. If you're heading to some high school football, enjoy it as well. We are back. Blitz Scoreboard Show, 9 p.m. tonight. Brent Martineau, Kevin Sullivan, and myself will get you set on all the high school football action. No OT tonight. Brian Middleton is still on vacation. We're back at it on Monday. We got a show from the Duval House Sunday morning, so plenty of more content coming your way. But join us at the Duval House Sunday morning. We're there from 9 to 11, but you can be there all the way up until kickoff. A lot of our people will be down there. Aaron Schachter, the J Fund will be there. So we want you to be there as well. We'll do the show, me and Brent. We want you to come down to the Duval House if you can. That'll do it, Brent and friends, on a Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We're back tonight for the Blitz Scoreboard Show, and then we got the Duval House Show on Sunday. And then Monday, you know how we do it, Monday Morning Madness. MJD and Rasheen Mathis will join us as well during Brent and Friends. So have a good weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again tonight at 9 p.m. for the Blitz Scoreboard Show. I'm Casey Kurtz. Have a good weekend.